I know at the end of the day, this is a silly pursuit. All these things we do are silly pursuits. I mean, running is, what do you need to run for? But I think that if you find a way to inspire others by doing something, even if it's as ridiculous as running around Central Park for a whole day, it just hits you in a certain way, then you feel inspired, go on there, throw a couple bucks, and it's gonna make you feel good. I think every time you give, you know, you give to get, like it's good karma. And also I know it makes me feel great to know that I'm, I'm helping people in the world that are in need in, in like the most dire of, of circumstances. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 78 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. It was an honor and a blast to host this convo with world-class entertainer, mentalist mind reader, Emmy winner, Oz Perlman. When Oz isn't blowing the minds of audiences around the world, he's an avid marathon and ultramarathon runner, having completed such grueling races as the Badwater 135 miler, Hawaii Ironman World Championships, Western States 100, and Spartathlon. Oz recently ran 229 in the 50th New York City Marathon, where he placed 33rd overall and holds a lifetime best of 223 in the marathon. On April 8th, Oz is trying to break the record for most miles ever run in the day around Central Park since it was founded in 1858. This means running over 100 miles nonstop from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. over and over again around one of the most iconic loops on the planet. Can you say hills? He is running in support of Save the Children Ukraine Relief Fund. Oz matched the first 10K donated and has a goal of raising 100K. For New York City locals and run clubs, his home base will be at Engineers Gate, 90th and 5th Avenue. Come on out and share some miles for a great cause. We discuss running with purpose, the New York City Marathon, Spartathlon, Badwater 135, training approach for the Central Park FKT record attempt, the why behind Save the Children, nutrition, an upcoming Rich Roll podcast, Adam Skolnick, David Goggins, Mike Halovich, Kate Pallardy, The Keys 100, and O's Reads My Mind. My favorite part was getting my mind read at the end of the episode, and I could tell you my mind is still fully blown. I'm rooting hard for O's to get it done and raise that 100K. Hope you all enjoyed this convo as much as we did. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Oz Perlman. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you, my friend? Ron Romano, the one and only. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Man, this is crazy, man. Our mutual friend, Kate Powerty, Kate and Mike. And Mike Halavach. Yeah. The, the, the duo. This is a dynamic duo. Shout out to Mike Halavach and Kate Powerty. I love them both. Powerhouse couple. Powerhouse. Uh, super fit. Um, could kick the crap out of almost anyone. And Kate's, Kate scares me more than anyone at her size should um, but um, I want to send a big congrats on, they just had a kid. And I think Kate was probably out running 20 miles within an hour. She is literally wonder woman. Wonder woman has nothing on Kate Pallardy. That's what I want to say. These are facts, no doubt. So we got to do a little intro on you, my friend, mentalist, mind reader, <laughs> Emmy winner, star of the NV show, NBC show, Oz knows that America's got talent finalists. Yes. Oh, yes. It does rhyme. 
And let's not leave out, ran 229 in the 50th New York City Marathon, placing 33rd overall, dude. So that's like a major, major performance on the NYC stage with the fam on hand to watch it go down, right? The best, man. They saw me. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, and uh, I've got three little ones. And they were, it, you know, the downside is when you're running that fast, you can't stop. I'm like, I love you guys. Zoom, you know, like 540 per mile. But uh, but I did see them high fives. My son was like, wait, that's it. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I got to go. <laughs> uh, but they were there. It was so it was such a rush seeing them. It was the best. And how old are the little ones? I've got a five year old, three year old and a one year old. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're super small and super young and they probably have almost no idea to some degree what's going on. The five-year-old baby, the three and one are just like, Hey, you know, daddy, they, they, they actually, it's funny because fourth Avenue, um, my kids have swim lessons, like right around the corner from the marathon course. And I was shocked because my three-year-old at one point we go over there and he's like, this is where Papa ran the marathon. I'm like, Whoa, how does this guy remember? Because we don't really go over there to Fourth Ave as much. We live a little bit further west in Brooklyn. And he instantly recognized the course. I go, I go, you know what? You might be running a marathon with me one day. I, I like, I like that you already know the route. Cause because I've got two left feet, man. I could get lost on a loop course. I'm the worst at staying on trail. Love it. And Kate gave me some intel, man. She just said, yeah, ask him about his tech. Why well, he doesn't do all the technical stuff, man? He thinks running on the bridle is technical. You knew <laughs> Kate was going to throw some trash your way, man. I had to do a little background work before we came on, man. Kate would definitely bust my balls. Like I, I've, I've taken a, a real big fall before on the bridle. And she's like, what did you fall on? Like a pebble? I'm like, Kate, this is technical for me. Okay. Listen, I've done Leadville. I've done Western States. They tried to talk me into doing hurt 100 in Hawaii because we have a mutual friend. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing these riverbed. I like to run fast on roads, baby. Maybe dirt trails. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that mutual friend is David Goggins. I'm pretty sure, man. Goggins is a good guy. Yeah, I with love Goggins. With the sword, sword and hatchet, like chopping things away, you know, in the jungle, which is what's required probably to get through some of those races, right? He's a one of a kind man. Yeah. Or Barclays, which is even more insane, right? Well, Barclays, you've got the, I almost call that an orienteering race. So I've actually had the good fortune of meeting a couple people that have finished Barclays. And I think that's one of those races, tactically, the advantage is you go there two weeks before you live on those trails. You gotta, you gotta literally know what those trails are going to be. If you are uh, hallucinating two nights sleepless into it and still know where to go. And that that's a different skill. It's literally, it's almost like a kind of military orienteering type level, as opposed to running and oh, yeah. tenacity and toughness that are next level. Yeah, all of those things, man. If you can't understand a compass or direction, like you said, and do it in the middle of the night when it's freezing cold rain and yeah. you're getting like hit by bramble and bushes and you're bleeding all over the place, it's definitely not something that appeals to me, man. That is not on my bucket list no, at all. That is not my, I like to call it this way, right? This is, this is the, I like to call it, I like to compress my suffering into maybe 24 to 48 hours and then have very high end accommodations afterwards. It's like, I want to suffer. And then I want to be pampered. So it's, it's, it's like when people tell me about stage races, like Marathon de Sable, and they're like, oh, six days intense. I'm like, no, thank you. Give me 36 hours of just outright misery. But then I want a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to roll back to a Four Seasons or a Ritz and, uh, you know, have a hot stone massage and uh, be ordering some nice cocktails, right? Yeah. I want like some fresh squeezed OJ, baby. That, that's it right there. That's my jam. All right. That sounds good. 
And look, man, you've done some epic uh, long distance races in your past. You know, I don't know all of them. You know, I should have had Kate on to co-host, which would have been really fun. But she just had the baby and her and Mike just had baby Goldie. So uh, she's a little too tied up at the moment. But yeah, we we do need to meet her for sure. But um, I know you've taken on Spartathlon, 150 miler in Greece. So you have history, you know, taking on long, long distance stuff. What is the longest ultra and the most difficult one that you've tackled to date? So that one that you just mentioned is Spartathlon. It's in Greece. You run from Athens to Sparta. I cannot recommend the race highly enough. It is just an epic. Um, for those, just a quick history lesson. If you saw that movie 300 with Gerard Butler, which is like a great flick, by the way, action movie, they they kind of hype it up. So what it is, is they tried to recreate, I think I'm going to mess up my history, but like 35, 40 years ago, a couple of uh, British like military guys who are always crazy dudes were like, you know what? We're going to recreate this run where supposedly when the 300 Spartans held off the Persians and kind of saved democracy for the future, that's how they they kind of like make this pivotal moment out of this one foot messenger ran from Athens to Sparta in 36 hours. They tried to recreate the route. And man, if you want to make a tough race, how about at mile 100, you stick a mountain right at the top of it during the middle of the night. And it is the most brutal cutoffs because the cutoffs don't, they don't get easier. So the majority of the field gets knocked out by mile 50. Because you have to run like a really, I think it's eight hours. You have to run a 50 miler in eight hours during the hottest part of the day. And this is in Europe where they don't believe in ice. So good luck finding anything cold to drink or to put on you. I'm serious. It was it, nothing. I've done bad water and completed it. And I was hotter in Spartathon than I was cooking like beef jerky in bad water in 125 degrees because there's no ice. There's nothing cold. Um, it was incredible. When you finish that race, I went, keep in mind, I did it twice. The first time I did not finish. The second time I did uh, with a guy named Michael Arnstein, who's known as the Fruitarian. And I mean, we went out there and we went to battle, like we went to battle to finish this thing. And it was ups and downs and misery. And there's a couple of YouTube videos about it. And man, it was the most fulfilling finish maybe of my life. Epic. What an adventure. And the best adventures though, or when the things that we conquer, something we failed before, they're the best of all. Um, because what a learning experience. And as you said, you can't even get ice or colder water, which at Western States, which you've done in other races. I mean, that's how runners are getting through, man. They're packing their arm sleeves, they're packing their neck, they're packing their hat. And, you know, it gets up to over a hundred in the Canyon, but then, you know, it can drop down seriously cold at Western, you know, and have huge temperature shifts, but you're out there in the middle of the day broiling, man. It's like being on the grill. It is. It's definitely, I mean, bad water, the way I described it, uh, for those that don't know, I'm sure you've got a fan base here that's pretty intense and crazy where I'm normally amongst people that think I'm absolutely psychotic, but I like when you go to an ultra like Badwater and I'm like the lowest end crazy because I'm just doing Badwater and these other people are running across America and you meet them and you're like, no, no, I'm normal. You're psychotic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always great to meet somebody who's in the relative sense, way more nuts than you because it elevates your game. But uh, at Badwater, I went out and this is, this is stupid, but at the same time, it will speak to the fact that I'm very fast, relatively speaking on flats and downs. That's my stuff on a downhill. I'm telling you, I will crush people. I'm a very good downhill runner. You get me on uphills. I'm, I'm like window shopping on fifth Ave. I'm so slow. So I, I play to my strengths. So in bad water, I went out, it was 124 degrees. You can fact check. It's my first marathon, I think was 316. My crew is like, what are you doing? I was in first place. I go, I know my strength. So I was in, I think I was in first place to like mile 40 or 42. And that's when you go uphill for 17 miles. 
And I just started walking and, and all these people passed me. And that was my plan because I'm not good at, I'm just not good at going uphill fast. And it feels like you are in an oven while you're in the oven. Someone's blowing a hairdryer on you because the wind is so hot when you're already in there that your hair becomes brittle. Like my ice, they would ice my whole body and my hair would crack. It would crack one mile later when they would ice me again. So it is otherworldly what you can suffer. Um, it was very funny because one of my, one of the guys who was crewing me, he almost got heat stroke just walking with me for a few miles. Yeah. Just, just being on the crew is dangerous. Um, yeah, but I, I love the comparison though, of like how psycho versus create the other psychos. You use that with the, with the misses at home, no doubt. See, I'm not that bad, honey. I mean, I'm only doing this and that, and look at this. I'm actually going to try to do something really good for the world and at home in our backyard. I'm not even traveling. So unbelievable, well, Ron, man. Do you, have, do you have some sort of a bug in my house where you're listening in on these conversations? <laughs> my wife, you know too much. I don't. I promise, man. And besides, you're the mentalist guy, man. You're you're already been reading my mind before we came on the show. So who know <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen, man? But um, all good stuff, man. So let's let's get into uh, the big big event here that you have coming up on April eighth, and uh, and let's talk about it, man, because it's super exciting. And I'm gonna let you just take it, man, because you know I know what you're up to, because um, Kate shared, and you know we've had a little bit of communication on it. And you know I just thought it'd be fun to have you come on and talk about why it matters, why it's super important to you, and the day itself, like what's going on, a little bit of the history of how long the park's been open, and the record, and all of that good stuff. So take it away, man. Love it, man. Well, listen, a couple things. One, hallowed ground to me, like sacred territory is the loop of Central Park. That is just, I've been all over the world. I've been very fortunate that I've literally, I've traveled to six continents. I haven't made it to, uh, to Antarctica yet, but it's on the list. And I've performed in a ton of countries. Everywhere I go, I'm like you, I assume. I get there, I go run. That's how I see places. And I think it's such a blessing. Like when you go to places, you're never going to get the hidden gems when you're just doing the tourist thing. Like you go out there and go 20 miler, you're going to learn that city in and out. And to this day, there's beautiful place I've seen. Nothing compares to the six mile loop around Central Park. That's just my favorite place in the world to run. It will always be. It will always have place in my heart. Um, I learned recently, I, I so I was gonna do this race uh, called the Umstead 100 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Some work stuff happened. I had to bail on it. I was super bummed. And this is about three weeks ago. Uh, and, and I just said, I got, I can't, I can't take all this fitness. I've been running long runs. I went out the other night and ran 50 miles one night. And I just keep doing like heavy, heavy miles and I'm not going to let this go to waste. And man, you never know what's going to happen. Who knows you get injured, you know, you, you can't take things for granted. So I said, I got to do something special. And I decided I want to run long. I want to challenge myself. What if I just go to central park and run around it? And I was talking to a buddy of mine, a little shout out to Thomas Knight, if he hears this over at NBR. And he actually looked this up. And we quickly found out that, oh my God, there's a record of an FKT around Central Park of how many loops can you do? And the official rules are how many loops, full loops can you do in the hours that Central Park is open? Anybody who is a seasoned nutcase or a night owl will know that they kick you out of Central Park at 1 a.m. I have been kicked out of Central Park many a time at 1 a.m. So the rules are between 6 a.m. and 1 a.m. How many full laps can you do? Uh, a gentleman, an ultra runner who's a legendary figure. I want to give him a big shout out. Super inspirational. His name is Robbie Balinger. Uh, I spoke to him recently. I told him, man, you lit the fire under my butt. You got me excited. He got a ton of press last year for doing this during kind of COVID, um, also to raise bucks for charity. He ran across America. He set the record, I believe 100 miles he did in 18 hours. And you know, that's not an easy, it's not a flat loop. You've got, it's, it's Cat Hill and the Great Hill over time. You get in 
50 miles, 75 miles, 90 miles, 100 miles, those are going to become mountains. And so he 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 told me all about it. And I said, I got to do this. Um, and the other component of this, one is the athletic challenge, which is I'm going to be out there April 8th from 6 a.m. until hopefully 1 a.m. going at it, doing battle with Central Park, taking it all in, having fun. The other part is uh, I'm a parent of three young kids. I was telling you right before we popped on, we talked for two minutes. I got a five-year-old, three-year-old, one-year-old. They're all watching me at, at, the, at the New York City Marathon there. And I'm just seeing all this stuff going on in Ukraine. I think like everybody else, I feel kind of powerless. I'm like, what can I do? I'm, you know, I can't, I can't go over there and mentalize Putin and make him disappear. But I, I'm trying to find a way to help these people who, you know, a month and a half ago, we're living relatively normal lives. And suddenly you don't know if you're going to die tomorrow and you don't know where your kids are going to go. And you're sending them off on a bus or train to another country. Like it's, it's, it's just beyond sad. So I teamed up with Save the Children. I tried to do some homework. They are a really, really responsible charity. If you look them up there, like most of the money, 92, 93 cents of what you're donating is going right to the people there, which for charities, that's like five-star rated. They are doing the real deal. They're helping all these kids in Ukraine, their family as well. So I, I made a goal. I'm going to run over hundred miles. I'm going to try to raise over hundred grand. And we're doing this for next week. Um, I pumped it up on social media. I just sent it to all my clients for what I do. I'm a, a mentalist and mind reader. And the hope is just, let's make all that money happen. Let's get this all. Every penny that you donate is tax deductible and goes right to the charity. That, that's where it's going, right to them. So if you have the ability to give, please do. I, if you can't, listen, come out, run, sponsor, or just share it with everybody else. That's really the best way to do it. Um, and, and that's it, you know, going out there April 8th, rain or shine, I'm hoping April showers do not bring May flowers. I want a beautiful day, Ron. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and, and just to have some fun and get as many people out to support, cheer me on, come out there, run with me if you want. I'm going to be doing loops. You can't miss me. You got no excuses. I love it, man. What a great, uh, what a great dive in there. Your energy and passion for it is huge. Um, what a wonderful cause and uh, tons of inspiration to get something like this, to even take a crack at something like this. It's huge. And you do need the support. Um, you need people out there. You need people to share some miles with you. You need people to throw you a gel or hit you with a bottle or just, you know, give you a shout out. Go O's, man. You know, keep it going, man. Keep it rolling. And, you know, hopefully, you know, anybody who's listening to the show that is local to New York City, they can get out there if they happen to be in town that day. They can get out there at some point where they're going to grab their miles anyway, and they're going to see you and maybe share some miles with you. Um, what I'm wondering is, for the people who aren't local, are you going to do any kind of live stream? Are you gonna, I know you have a YouTube channel, so you're going to live stream it on like IG or Facebook or, you know, sure. YouTube. So if you want to, my, my thing, it looks like Oz. It looks like OZ, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, but it's an yeah. Israeli name. So it's O's. Don't ask me. Unique name. So it's at OZ, the mentalist. So if you want to look me up at OZ, the mentalist, you can waste a lot of time watching my, 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 this is my side hustle, the running. And what pays the bills is I kind of like to freak people out uh, at, at big events on TV. Um, it's not really a magic show. It's kind of like magic of the mind where I read your mind. We might, we might dabble, Ron, before we get off this thing, I might be reading your mind. We'll see. But um, go on there. We're gonna. I'm gonna have a guy. Uh, his name is Dustin Emrani, one of my longtime buddies. This guy is a blazing fast 800 meter runner. I like to bust his balls because I'm very slow at running short distance. Like he, we've seen. I, it's funny because if you ever see me, my legs are very short. They're like pony legs. If you watch, I take very quick steps, but they're very small. People, when I line up, they never think I'm gonna be fast. I don't even think I'm gonna be fast. I get faster the longer the distance goes. You throw me in a 5K, I'm getting smoked. You throw me in a marathon, I will somehow wear you down. 
Um, so he's a 146, 800 guy. He's really lightning fast. He's been kind enough to come fly up from Florida. He's going to be my crew chief. He's the man to see on, at Engineers Gate, which is 90th and 5th. He's going to be home basing it. I think we're going to get some posters. If anybody wants to come support, bring a poster, you know, bring like, you know, a horn or something, just anything that you want to share. Imagine this is a marathon. We want to create some level of spectacle and hoopla so that it, it becomes a destination throughout the day. And tourists are like, what's going on here? We want that level of energy um, and, and just to boost support because the more people that hear about it, in essence, the better things will be and hopefully the more money we raise. Um, I'm going to, if you can, if you want DM me at O's the mentalist, I'm going to connect anybody who wants with Dustin so that if they do want to just cheer, if you want to come run and you don't have to meet us at engineer's gate, just look for me running around the park. You will see me. I'm going to have a shirt on. I'm probably going to have at O's the mentalist on me. We're going to have Ukraine flag colors. We're going to do a bunch of stuff. Um, but if you do want to crew us or help out, he's going to need some extra hands throughout the day. Come on over. You could throw me some gels. You can make fun of me. You can make me mad because when I get really mad, I run faster. So, you know, whatever we got to do so that I keep moving. Energizer Bunny. There's no stopping. There's no slowing down. We're looking to run 19 hours straight and, and crush this record. Amazing. We got to dial into the mentalist mind, man. How are we going to get into your mind, man, so we could help you if you're struggling out there, man? We need a NASCAR pit crew set up. We got to be wireless. We got to be talking to you live while you're out there, man. We need to see all the highs and lows. We know. Dude, we know. On, get out there. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on you. You're a social beast. We're going we're gonna to be doing, try to do a Instagram stories every loop. So the one good thing is that if I'm on pace, um, I, I'm, I don't know exactly. I keep getting different people telling me different things as to what I should do pace wise. Uh, I'm well aware that negative splitting always yields the best results. So and in essence, for the non-runners here, the second half should always be faster than the first half, leave some gas in the tank. All my best runs have been that way. Like the New York city marathon last year, I ran the second half, 20 seconds faster than the first. And especially because second half is harder. It's more hilly. So but the problem is I always get, I always get a little too excited in these big ultras and, and your legs just feel too good. And you just go, you know what? Running seven thirties just feels like cake. And, and that's what I'm worried about. I gotta, I gotta make sure to reel it in. Um, I think the first 12 hours, if the weather holds up are going to be very easy and it's going to all come down to how I keep it together in the second half of the day. So when people are done with work and they're coming at 6 PM, that's when I need that support. Honestly, you're done with work. Before you go out, you know, for dinner or partying or doing whatever you're doing, come join me in Central Park for a few hours. And th that's when I'm going to need you. Oh, yeah. Because you you are going to go through the highs and lows. And, um, you know, look, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Look, I, I run there. I've run a zillion miles in my life, 30 years of running. And, hell, I just did a 20-miler for Boston with three loops, man. And I was struggling in a third Harlem loop and the three sisters, man. I was dropping some F-bombs, you know, <laughs> going up those hills at the end. Dude, you're going to be running 100 miles, 100 There's miles. No, I, I showed up. We're doing hey. <laughs> Shout out to the missus. Get a cameo. Yeah. This, is, this is the only reason I'm able to do this is my wife. So I, I want to make sure that is noted. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Without, without the women in our lives, we are absolutely nothing. We're, we fail. All so, the support uh, structures, yeah. man. I'm telling you. No question. No question. So this is exciting, man. Energy's big. Um, it's for a wonderful cause. Um, so we have the, uh, the GoFundMe page, which I shared in my stories. Um, and I'll certainly push it 
to all the channels that I have, which are not all that many, but just wherever I can, and just ask and reach out to all my friends that are really good at sharing the same way they share a good podcast episode or anything of the like. Um, and we will get some video clips of today's episode and we'll get those uh, cleaned up and prepared, which you can share to all your channels, including YouTube if you want, because the more eyeballs that see it, um, the more people that can get a chance to take a look and understand why you're doing this, why it matters, um, and contribute some money, man, because it's about raising money. And I know you're going to match the first $10,000. So, you know, you didn't mention that part. We hit the first 10,000 and now we're trying to get some corporate sponsorship and we're going to try to keep it going and there's going to be press out there and honestly, just amplify it. And, and this is, I know at the end of the day, this is a silly pursuit. All these things we do are silly pursuits. I mean, running is, what do you need to run for? But I think that if you find a way to inspire others by doing something, even if it's as ridiculous as running around Central Park for a whole day, it just hits you in a certain way, then you feel inspired, go on there, throw a couple bucks, and it's going to make you feel good. I think every time you give, you know, you give to get, like it's good karma. And also I know it makes me feel great to know that I'm, I'm helping people in the world that are in need in, in like the most dire of, of circumstances. Yeah. I mean, running with purpose is a whole different animal. Yeah. Um, running for your own personal gains to run a PR, to run a fast time. Um, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Nothing wrong with it, man. I trust me there. It's a, it's a real achievement. Yeah. And look, we all want to run our fastest times at whatever age we are, or as a master's runner, maybe we make adjustments, but whatever that those goals are, they're great. But when you find something that you connect with, it really matters to you and your heart and soul is in it. And you know, the cause is really important. It's just going to be so much more meaningful and you're going to lift and pull so many more people along for the ride. So um, I'm excited for you. If you see up over my right shoulder there, the black and white photos, that's Tommy Rives up there. So oh, I yeah. ran, I ran 60 miles for ribs on my 60th birthday and I did not get the good weather that you're talking about. O's. I got the bad weather on January oh. 29th. I got minus three wind chill, 25 to 30 mile an hour winds on the water, which is where I ran all my miles. And it ended up being pretty much a solo 60 miler. Only two friends ventured outside that day. My gels froze, my water froze, everything froze, including Epic. body parts of me. Um, yes. But at the end of the day, I finished that 60 miles on a stress fractured knee. I didn't know it, but I had taken a hard fall a couple of days before. And uh, oh, it's man. kind of a weird bone that sits on top of the femur. It's not something you'd think about a lot, but hey, you needed to run. And uh, it took me out of action for four months, but you know, I got a lot of notes from Rivs once he got healthy and got better about how important it was and how much it meant to his family that you know a stranger would go out and do something like that. So I know what you speak of um, when you find something deep and meaningful that you want to run for a cause. So I'm excited for you, man. I think it's really honorable and uh, it's terrific, man. He's unbelievable, man. So I, I listened to a, I'm going to be on Rich Roll podcast. Uh, I don't know the date it's dropping, but I love Rich. And also big shout out to Adam Skolnick, who's been amazing. He helped me put that together and him and Rich. And he's also a, a good friend of David Goggins and Michael Halavan. Yep. You know, these are just tight communities of honestly, just real amazing people, overachievers that are so giving uh, of everything. Like I can't speak highly enough of, of Mike and Kate and then uh, Adam, who I met through them and just unreal. So uh, I, I heard Rich's podcast with Tommy Rivs, man. I was, I heard the story because I was following it on social media. And just, you know, that guy was so tough and just like out of nowhere, thinks he has COVID, doesn't know. And the next thing you know, you're in a coma, you wake up, you know, five months later, you're 95 pounds and barely, I mean, it's almost like it's unbelievable, the story. And then the guy comes back and does the New York City Marathon with, I don't even know how much lung capacity. The guy is just inspiration on steroids, but like 
un- unbelievable the, the the drive and and his family and I, that's really amazing you did that for him I, I wasn't aware of that but that guy is incredible I've never met him I just know his story pretty pretty intimately yeah and super awesome you're going to get to be on Rich Rich Roll's podcast because he's he is my favorite podcaster of all and there are many oh, many nice. great ones out there but he's my favorite and I listened to that episode multiple times and Adam who are you you know, dropped his name, you know, obviously is so tight with David from the book. Um, I feel like I know Adam almost as well as I know David, and I really don't know David. I met him once running around the park with Kate, and he he was nice enough to stop and hang out and chat with us for a few minutes to take a couple of selfies. But Adam, I feel like I know him because the audiobook, and I'm not an audiobook guy, uh, oh, so I'm not, but I needed to get ready to run that 60 miler for ribs in the worst condition. So every day I made myself run 15 miles. It was just a weird number, but you're a really long distance guy, much longer than me. Um, but I made myself run 15, not five in the morning and 10 at night, no 15, every single run in the coldest of the winter, because I knew it could be really cold. And I listened to that audiobook every single day. I could recite the chapter in verse. And so <laughs> that's why I can't hurt yeah, mono. You, no, man. So that's why I think Adam is awesome. And uh, I like their cut-ups that they do uh, do together. So good for They're you, funny. man. I, they've got a good riff. I like their, they've got a good dynamic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, it, there's always good dynamic when one guy plays the straight guy and one guy plays the, the the funny guy, like where you can, it's almost like a Seinfeld and George Costanza angle, which I quite like. Um, yeah, it's terrific. Oh yeah. The two of them are definitely, uh, they have good chemistry together for sure. And you need that kind of mixed vibe. And uh, it's so funny because my pod, for all the miles I ran with Kate, which are like too many to count, you know, the stories that she would tell me on runs were just like ridiculous, you know, like you don't tell this shit to anybody. And I was like, we got to have a podcast where we just talk about random crazy stuff, totally Seinfeld-esque. And, you know, as I got closer, you know, she's just too busy and wasn't going to have the time. And I was like, you know what? I got to do this thing anyway. Um, but, you know. You made it yeah. happen. Yeah. One of these it's days. Your passion. Man. Yeah, That's man. You got to do Heck it's not yeah. work if it's a passion. Oh, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. So, how have you have you been training coming into this, man? Building up. I know you said you had another hundred miler on the docket, so obviously you were fit. But I mean, have you changed anything up after that? After you've like put this target out there, or is it pretty much just you know st- all things moving forward? So I'm 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 like kind of a lone wolf when it comes to training. I don't know if my methods. It's kind of the proof is in the pudding. I've just done the same thing for years. Knock on wood. I don't really have haven't been injured in over a decade. So whatever I'm doing works. I'm much more of the the long, uh, slow. Well, I call it like relatively slow, but like what I feel is very aerobically. I, I'm I'm on the phone half the time when I'm running, if, you know, or I'm zoned out, or I'm podcasting. But I'm I, I intend to be conversational for 19 hours of running coming up next Friday. Like I will probably do some like Zoom interviews and call people. And if you're running with me, I'm going to be running at a pace where I can talk to you. So uh, most of my running, 95% of it usually is just comfortable, which for me falls in the category of anywhere from like 7.30 per mile to maybe 8.30s, depending on where I'm at. And uh, and then uh, I, that's it. I haven't really done much speed workouts. I did a bunch of speed workouts for the New York City Marathon, and I got all trim and fit, and I lost about 12 pounds. Those pounds have come back. <laughs> that involved... That involved very, you know, very deep restraint, like no beers, no <laughs> fried food or ice cream, pretty much none of the stuff that makes life worth living, but only for two months. You know, we got, we got the sub 230 in the bag. And, and now for ultras, I don't mind having a couple extra LBs on. I think it actually helps you. Um, and I've just done some long runs. So I, I think I told you uh, about a month ago, just up and decided at 7.30 PM, I'm gonna go run 50 miles. 
So I ran out to Yonkers and back. I did a loop in Central Park. They kicked me out of Central Park at 1 a.m. And I ended up running back. I live in Brooklyn. Um, I was all pumped up going over the Brooklyn Bridge at 2 a.m. And, and I, I, my last mile, this is the way I like to run these long runs. My last two miles were my fastest of the whole run. And just, you know, you get that runner's high where I just felt like, you know, Rocky running up the stairs in Philly. And um, that was my biggest. I did just uh, a couple of days ago in Palm Springs. I travel a lot for work. I did a 40 miler. Uh, two days before that, I ran 30 miles. And the day before that, I ran 20. So like, I'm just trying to stack the miles. Those were all run fast to like 730s. So I think what really it's going to come down to is for the April 8th is not going out too fast. I say that now, but I'm going to try to keep it within some sort of limits. But but I expect to be running eight minute miles for the first 12 hours. Dude, you're stacking the work, man. 40, 30, 20. I yeah. love it, man. Booted out of Central Park, running over the Brooklyn Bridge at two in the morning. That sounds like an OSR endeavor, man, like underground racing. And uh, when, when I do a fast finish long run, it's 20 miles. It's not 50. So uh, totally you know, awesome. But Here's what I would say. Everything's relative, of course, but I don't really ever find, like I can't get to the part where the suffering. So the suffering is... Uh, you know, everything's again, relative. It's somebody who's doing a half marathon for the first time. You're going to feel suffering at a different point. It, it kind of experience pushes up where these things go wrong and you can't train for where it goes wrong mentally. Cause when you're feeling good right now, while I'm sitting here. I say to myself, well, if I make it to 70 and I don't feel good, you know, just get through it. It doesn't feel like that when you're in it, you, you know, your mind plays tricks on you and you start feeling terrible or your stomach's going sour, or you, it, it's honestly like engineering a problem. It's like MacGyver. What's wrong right now? Is it calories? Is it sodium? It, it for me, it's rarely my muscles. Like uh, thankfully, I have some depth that my legs rarely run out on me, but they have. But it's normally some other issue that I need to figure out how to fix. And it's like throw everything but the kitchen sink at it. Do we need some caffeine right now? Do I need some music? Am I going to take an ibuprofen? What's the trade off on that? Because sometimes that wrecks your stomach. So yeah, ultras are all about figuring it out. It's like a problem to figure out. Um, as you kind of suffer through it, but at the same time, don't give up. Like that's the only, in the back of my head, there's no such thing as giving up there. I can't, there's too many people. People are given tens of thousands of dollars. There's no such thing. You keep going. Yeah. Hey, the mantra of this show is stay in the fight. Stay in the fight, man. Um, that's it. And Goggins uses it too. Um, I, well, I think I was using it first, but you know, <laughs> then again, uh, you know, I really don't want to say anything, get into a battle with David. That wouldn't end well for me. So, no. um, but yeah, man, it's look, it's all about keeping moving and ultras. The greatness of ultras are it's problem solving. That's what it is. And the thing is you're trying to problem solve when your brain is gone, man, you're mush or, or your body's cracking and cramping and, you know, and your brain is just saying, I'm out of here. I'm out. And then the key is, is your crew, the kind of crew, again, like Kate and Mike, who would just tell you to get the F back out there, man. Like, what is, what's going on here? You know, another fun Kate story. I ran the 50 miler up in Ithaca and, you know, Kate, it was, it was my first ultra. And, um, she basically says to me, I was like, look, Romano, like, I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear any <laughs> stories from you about anything. She goes, you're running 50 miles and you better not come back unless you finish 50 miles. She goes, I'll never run with you again. She goes, and here's the only way I'm going to sign off on you not finishing 50 miles. If you get dragged in the woods by like an animal and you're like have bones sticking out of your body. Now, mind you, I get lost. You talked about getting lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm following some guy who says he knows where he's going. We're 
we're like six miles off course. Oh so now, my God. So now you're, you have no chance of making a cutoff. Not me. I can't drop 730 miles in an ultra like you can where you might be able to make it up. So we knew at this point, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. I, it's my first ultra. But I got back. The race director was like, are you the dude who's telling all the funny stories and making fun of himself? I go, yeah. I go, everybody loves you, by the way. I'm like, well, you know, I'm having fun with myself. And he's like, dude, where are you going? You, you can't go back out for the second loop. You're going to fall off a waterfall. It's going to be dark. You, you can't go back out. So I convinced the race director from like Red Newt Racing to let me back out. And, you know, there's, he said to you on one condition, when they turn you around, you're going to turn around. You're not going to be stupid. You're not going to go to the furthest point. You're going to come back. So I get back to the parking lot with like 42 or 42 point something miles. What do you think I did? I ran around in circles in the parking lot and the people are out there like roasting hot dogs and marshmallows and knocking back beers and going, who is this lunatic, man? Running around in circles. Dude, I was running around. God knows what pace. I got to like, I think I might've even made 51 or 50.8 because I was afraid of Kate that much, but I I finished, man. So there's a great Kate story from me to you, man. Dude, that's the, all the best stories are that. Like, like I could tell you, Mike Halavach, who's again, Kate's husband, we, I did the Keys 100, which is you run from Key Largo to Key West. I've done it twice. And I, I can't figure out like what happens to me at this one race. Cause I usually used to be very good with heat. Like heat wasn't a big factor for me, like bad water sports happen. But at this race, for some reason, the humidity don't know what it is. But, um, the first year I did it, I, I got heat stroked, not even like heat exhaustion. Cause I am aware of kind of what each one is. I'm talking heat stroke where I got it once. And then it's kind of like an engine that overheats. You can't really, you can, uh, you can deal with it, but if you push back into it the second time it's worse. And so I, it happened to me once at mile 49 and then we kind of got it together. And then it happened again at mile six. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but 70, like somewhere in the sixties or 70, I can't remember, but when it hit me the second time, it was like a, like a train wreck. Like it happened in the span of, you know, less than a quarter mile between me being totally fine and me not being able to tell you my name or fully stand up and just fall down and really bad. And uh, when you have these ultra people around you who are like, we're getting a mashed potato, pouring salt on it. You're going to walk and you're going to do it. And just, you know, and, and those types of stories, when you finish, keep in mind, there were hours of suffering, but that if I would have run it and been hundred percent, had the best race of my life, that story is not nearly as good as that story. Cause when you earned it and you busted your ass and you did all these things, you savor it so much more. Um, so yeah, you, you, if you do the ultras, you're hoping for a little bit of suffering. Like the race can't go off without a hitch. If it does, something's wrong. Yeah. And they make the best stories too. Like some good war wounds in the woods, you know, bleeding all over the place is fine. As long as bones aren't sticking out. Right. We don't. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, hopefully you're still running the next day. I, I I'm running for longevity, so I want to be going at it. So, but, but I know the limits of my body pretty well. I've gotten a pretty good handle on what I can do and can't do. Awesome. So this is exciting, man. We're stoked, man. And I'm so happy you came on. Is there anything else that we haven't had a chance to cover off on that you want to dig into here other than, you know, obviously we're going to put up links to the effort, you know, the GoFundMe page. We're going to, we're going to share it all over the place, you know, to, uh, to hype it, but anything else that you want to talk about, I got to give you the floor, brother. There's got to be something fun we could talk about before we roll out. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll do something fun. So just anybody that wants to, if you see it and you think you're going to be in New York and you want to contribute in some way, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's going to be the best way at O's the mentalist. Um, if you are able to come out, like I said, and you want to crew or cheer or put in some miles, the miles you can kind of get out there and spitball. You're going to see me going around that loop, 
you know, once every 45 to 60 minutes, we'll call it. I don't tell you exactly within, but it's definitely in that range. Um, and we're going to be headquartered, like I said, 90th and 5th Engineers Gate, right by where, you know, those water fountains are. Everybody knows it, 24th Mile, uh, where you enter the park for, for the marathon. Um, and how about this, Ron? Let's just spitball. I want to do this impulsive in the moment. I want you to imagine that you're running a marathon, okay? You're knocking out 26.2. And I want you to think of a runner right now in the moment of a runner that you find very intriguing, past or present, but somebody that's a runner who imagine they're somehow right next to you at the marathon and you go, oh my God, I'd love to ask this person a couple questions. Can you think of somebody right this second? Sure. Now, can we agree? There's absolutely no way I could have known who you would think of because you didn't even know who you were going to think of before a second ago, right? Of course. There's no way. But the problem is, is that running is like your passion. It's your drive. It's look, look, look at the wall behind you, right? <laughs> Full tilt, baby. You're running 60 <laughs> miles, January 29th, when everyone else is sitting inside with a cup of hot chocolate. Running is too easy. So let's switch gears because anyone that says it's going to be like, eh, he looked up Ron and running. Let's switch gears. I want you to imagine instead that the person next to you is, is, and again, hypothetical, dead or alive, male or female, somebody that's not a runner that you find incredibly intriguing, okay, that I could not possibly know who you would pick. Can you picture this person for me? Yes. Okay. Right off the bat, I see the reactions and I said, guy or girl, and I watched you. I think you thought of a guy. Am I correct? It is a guy. Next up, I said dead or alive. And I don't think you did somebody dead. I don't know why. It doesn't appeal to you. You're too full of life. You go, I want to meet somebody alive. This person is alive. Am I right? Right again. Rod, do you have anything around you? I, I know we didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, so I don't know, but do you have anything around you like a marker or a pad of paper? Is there anything you could write on? Yes. Hold on a second. Okay. Got a little notepad. Yeah. Put, bring the notepad. And, and I want you to do me a favor. Make sure there's no way I could see this. Not on camera. Yep. Not on camera. I want you to think of the person's first name. Okay. And imagine, okay, that you were playing the game Hangman. You know in the game Hangman, how you make those dashes, one for each letter? Mm-hmm. So don't say it, but think of the person's first name. Look down at the paper and imagine you're making as many dashes as would be in the first name. And I want you to look down at it and imagine you're doing this. It's good to have a visual indicator. Look at the page and imagine you're doing that. So you did it quick. You did it quick. If the name was really long, it would have taken you longer to know how many dashes, right? If the name is Alexander, that's a struggle. But you went like this, four letters. Is it four letters? <laughs> yes, it's four yes. letters. Four, now, there's a lot of names with four letters, Ron. There's a million. There's no way to know who this is. I want you to write down. Don't let me see it. Make sure there's no way I can hear the squishing of your pen. I want you to write down your person's name really big on that pad of paper for me. Do it off camera. Make sure I can't see it. Write down who you thought of. Okay. You got it? Yes. No way I could see that. Is there any way that I could possibly know? No possible way you could see it. I think you would have done somebody in sports. That's my gut. My gut says you're drawn to sports. You're drawn to achievement. If it's somebody does music, you like music, but for you, the exhilaration is knowing somebody that's achieved something that took all their effort for years, but you didn't do running because I threw you a curveball. I said, don't do a runner. And you go, oh God, who am I going to do? And so in that moment, you thought of another sport. And I don't think you would have done a team sport because again, it's nothing against team sports. It's too hard to pinpoint the person. So I think instead you wanted somebody dynamic, different, somebody with an outsized personality, probably tennis. Show us, is it John McEnroe? Oh my God. 
Dude, that's totally crazy. Wait, can you read? You can read it, right? Johnny Mac, baby. Yeah. John McEnroe. Oh, that's totally bananas. That's that's completely bananas, man. And and just unbelievable, man. Just how, man? I don't even know. Kate always tells me you're like the best in the world, this stuff. But just tell us, you know, there's no way. But it's crazy. How in a million years, you know? I might be doing some mind reading along the course. You never know. I got to keep the mind sharp. So if you're out there that day, I'm not guaranteeing it. But there's there's definitely, we're going to have some press out there. I'm going to do some crazy stuff while I'm doing it too, just to keep my mind sharp while I'm uh, running and reading minds. I love it. That's absolutely the best end of a segment of all time, man. That is incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I can't be able, I can't help you for too much because I got Boston coming up, but 7.30s to 8.30s, I can run 7.30s to 8.30s. So um, at some point, I could definitely hook up with you and do at least a loop um, at some point whenever you need, whenever you need the help. I mean, I'm going to be out there and uh, I know you're going to have lots of people out there, but in any other way, I can help out that day other than sharing and, you know, being on the course and, you know, what, what are you going to do? Um, we didn't even get into this. We got to get into this. What, what's your fueling plan, man? What are you going to do for fuel? So I've had pretty good luck with gels. Um, like I, I'm, I kind of cliff vanilla boring, but I kind of do the same thing over and over. Um, I, I recently had like a little heat issue. I was in Palm Springs two days ago. I was running that 40 miler. Everything was, you know, beautiful until like mile 36, 37. It's, it's quick when the wheels start coming off. Mouth is bone dry. There was nowhere to eat. And I think I wasn't taking enough electrolytes and I'm usually good at diagnosing it, but sometimes you let it cascade. It's like one of those things where if you don't catch it early, then it becomes very hard to undo. And then you got to like slow down. So I actually wrapped it up. I didn't, I walked for about 30 seconds. Then I kept running. Then I put in another 30 second walk, just like listening to my body being smart. But I knew I was wiped, dehydrated. When I finished, I was shaking and I knew it was full heat exhaustion um, because the wind, it was really windy that day. It was, they actually had a heat wind advisory. And when it's that hot and windy, you know, the sweat gets kind of pulled off your body. Like if you looked at my arms that day, they were white, just caked white with salt. Like if you gave a lick, I was saltier than the sea. Um, and so that's what it must've been. I probably had a little bit of a sodium. I don't, not big on salt pills. So I'm going to potentially bring some Pedialytes, anything that can replenish in quick order. Because when you start running into problems on these ultras, you got to throw the kitchen sink at it. You got to get back and you can't let yourself fall apart and you can't be writing that DNF speech. You can't be like, oh my God. And, and especially on a timed event like this, because if some somehow things go wrong early, then it becomes very daunting. If you're three hours in and suddenly you have issues, you got to be prepared mentally to not start saying, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I, I like to think I'm going to be doing great at 12 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours, because I have in the past, but you just never know. So I'm actually glad this happened to me. Give, give me a little bit of humble pie. Um, I'm going to be doing gels. I tend to knock out two or three gels an hour. I overeat. Most people don't, but I, my rule of thumb for everything is if I'm not feeling good, get some calories down. That's it. Get calories down. Talk to me in five minutes, get some calories down. Talk to me in five minutes because almost always it's low blood sugar. Your brain is playing tricks on you. Your brain is telling you, Oh, I'm not this stop eat, wait till I process it and then see how you feel. Um, yeah, I've got some tricks up my sleeve pun intended, but uh, music, which I don't listen to because I almost consider it performance enhancing. But when I start listening to music, my legs start moving fast. So I'm going to have some music. I'm going to break out some podcasts, maybe some Ron Runs NYC. I might get in the mix. Um, and I'm hoping, like I said, that people will join me and we'll get some good conversations going. Maybe I'll talk. Maybe if I'm you know, a bit quiet and, and a bit wrecked, just let other people talk, take my mind off things and, and just uh, have some fun. It's one day, hopefully a very memorable day in my life. And hopefully one that helps impact a lot of other lives. 
This has been so much fun, my friend. Um, Thank I you. hope I hope the run goes exactly the way we want a run to go. You have some struggles, but you work through them, um, and you come out and you smash it and you get it done. But more importantly, I hope a ton of people come out to support you and online. You know, sending messages in from the community within the community, and most importantly of all, I hope you uh, raise a crazy crazy amount of money for such an important cause, man, because they need it. Um, and, uh, anything that people can do like you're doing here is just so important, man. We all gotta, we all gotta figure out ways to help out more in this crazy world we're living in, man. And, you know, if more people take a step like you are, owes, um, I think it might inspire somebody else to try something too. So, um, God bless, man. I'm excited for you. I'm so happy we had the opportunity to hop on here and have this chat and, uh, get out there and share it before you take this thing on on April 8th, man. Let's do it. And if you're in a running club, share it with your club. Like I've already hit up. I've got buddies at CPTC. I've got people at Urban Athletics, uh, Dashing Whippets, uh, Henwood Hound, which is a team that I've been a part of, Ocean Park Run, Ocean Parkway Runners. Like if you're in a team, just blast it to everybody. Again, I totally get it these days. A lot of people are asking for money. If you can't donate money, no sweat. If you can, awesome. That's above and beyond. If you can't, there's so many other ways that uh, that people can help out. And also day of, like I said, come out, help out, run, join blast it on your social and you just never know what things will come of it. You never know who's going to see it next and potentially help out as well. Sounds like a plan. Listen, awesome, uh, Rod. we sign, we sign off every episode. We tell all the runners to keep lacing them up, keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight. Let's do it, baby. Stay in the fight. Keep lacing them up. Thanks, Ron. Wow. This episode was so much fun. I think people around the world know O's for his talents as a entertainer, mentalist, mind reader, and have seen him so many times on television performing. And what many of those people may not know is just how accomplished he is in the running world, in the running community. Um, so here in New York City, he is certainly very well known, having won many races over his lifetime at extremely fast times and uh, is incredibly accomplished at ultra distances. So we're just rooting hard for him, man, to get this done and break that Central Park distance record of over 100 miles uh, in the span of the 19 hours that the park is uh, legally open uh, from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. So uh, anybody who's listening who is local, come on out to the park that day, man. Give O's the support he needs. Run some miles with him. Give him a cheer. You know, drop a couple of gels off at his table at 90th and 5th. And uh, most importantly, if you have the means, please take a moment to hop on there and donate some money. Uh, because it's going to be so important to help the children over there in Ukraine uh, through the Save the Children Fund, uh, Relief Fund. Um, as he said in the podcast, I think 92 or 93 cents of every dollar goes directly to the cause, which is just wonderful. Um, and it, it was just such a fun episode. I, no doubt my mind is still reeling from uh, him doing his mentalist stuff on me during the episode. And also before we popped on as well, we had a couple of fun moments. So uh, wonderful, fun, um, and just enjoyable in every possible way. So uh, please uh, do your best as always to share this episode, get it out there into the community. The more people see it, the more eyeballs that come across it, um, the more people that hear the show and hear about what Oz is trying to do and have access to that uh, donation link will help him you know, that day to be inspired, to push to get to that 100 plus miles, and more importantly, raise that 100K uh, goal that he set out. So uh, I appreciate everyone continuing to do that. 
So let's make sure we put a little extra effort in this week. And uh, if you get an opportunity, get on Apple Podcast, rate and uh, write some comments on the episode of uh, what moved you about it. That helps us find great guests like O's to come on the show and share their stories. Can't tell you how much that means to us here at Run Chat. So thank you all. And as I say at the end of every episode, keep lacing them up, my friends. Keep getting out the door. And always remember to stay in the fight. Peace out, my friends.